Okay, we're doing Av Chaf Zayin. We're starting from the bottom of Chaf Av Chaf Vav and Beis. Three lines up from the bottom. Ushmul Amar. So we're in the middle of discussing a concept of Chalitza Psula. Chalitza Psula is a weak, a deficient Chalitza if you have it. And what it means is that in a situation where Yibam cannot be done, so the Chalitza is not considered as strong because the whole point of Chalitza is to take the place of Yibam. And if anyways Yibam can't, it's not on the table. It's not an option to be done. So the Chalitza is weaker. Rav brought out the concept that when you have a weaker chalitza, chalitza psula, a chalitza psula that's done by one brother does not exempt the other brother. Usually, ordinarily, when one brother, one, one brother does chalitza, the other brother doesn't have to do it as well. Rav is saying that if there's if, if there's a weak chalitza that is done, a chalitza psula scenario where yibum couldn't be done, so there was still a zika and, and, and the chalitza was therefore somewhat deficient, so then a deficient chalitza from one brother doesn't exempt the other brother. He as well has to do chalitza. The case that Rav was talking about was a case where there were three sisters who were falling in front of uh, two surviving brothers. Uh, three sisters falling from three different marriages, falling to two surviving brothers. And the point that we were making is that certainly by the time we get to the third sister, she's not, it's not on the table for her to do Yibam because she's the sister of both people who did Chalitza. And you can't marry the relative of someone you did Chalitza to. So the Chalitza is a Chalitza Psula. Chalitza Psula from one brother is not going to exempt the other brother. Both would have to do Chalitza. And an important point that the Gemara pointed out is that this is all true because Rav holds Yeh Zika. Zika is strong. It's considered direct and individual. And that's why the weak Chalitza from one brother doesn't uh, exempt the other brother. So now we're going to see a dissenting view. Bottom line, bottom three lines, Chafav and Beis. With Shmuel Amar, Shmuel disagrees. Echad Cholitz Lakula. And in this case that we're talking about with three sisters, um, three sisters who are now falling for three different, three, three different brothers are falling to two surviving brothers. One of the surviving brothers could do chalitza for all of them. There's no halacha that each of them have to do chalitza separately. It seems like uh, one of the brothers can just do chalitza for all of them. So the Gemara starts off with a question. Mechti, let's analyze here. Uh, so we can, we can understand that Shmuel disagrees with the concept of Rav. He could hold chalitza psula um, does not need a chalitza from all the brothers. We could be understanding of that. But what the Gemara is going to do is make a contradiction in something that Shmuel himself said. Mechti. There's a say from Shmuel that we always try to get the best chalitza that we could. And this is a little bit of a different concept. That when you have different types of chalitzas, different options on the table of what chalitzas to go for, you always go for the best one. Where do we see this? Damar Shmuel. Shmuel said. In the case that we're going to be talking about here is a case where... Um, you got you you, you 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 have you have three brothers, two are married, two are married to two sisters, and there's another wife as well. So two brothers married to two sisters, but they each have a tsara as well. Each have a co-wife, and now when the two brothers die, uh, the two sisters and their co-wives are all falling to a third brother to yibum. Um, okay, so obviously he's not going to be able to do yibum to to either of the sisters. That would be even if we as we suggest as we've discussed. But now the question is who should he do Khalitza to? So again, the case is two brothers and married two sisters, and they eat there's also a co-wife from each brother as well. And they're all falling to Yibam. So what is the halacha now? The halacha is top of the If the Yavim decided to do Khalitza to the sisters, so the co-wives are not are not freed. Normally, when two widows fall from the house, what's the halacha chalitza that is done to one widow automatically exempts the need for chalitza from the other. But here, if the oven would do chalitza with one of the sisters, the co-wives would not be free to go. And what's the aside? Presumably, the idea is 
because it's a very weak chalitza. The chalitza he's going to do to the sisters is weak because it's, the sisters are totally asr to take. Why are they totally asr? It's achosiku kasso, but the masasimen, whatever exactly it is. So they're totally asr to take in yibum. So the chalitza is not really taking the place of yibum. So therefore the chalitza is weak. So the weak chalitza is not going to exempt the tsara. That's the concept that, uh, that is introduced by Shmuel. We always go for, for the best chalitza, the best type of chalitza that we can get. That we can get. And this is a weak type of chalitza, a weak type of chalitza that we're going to have that is done to one of the sisters does not have the power to exempt the co-wife. That's what Shmuel said. So, so, so what's going to, we could apply the same thing to us over, over here in our case. What do we say? Well, we have the three sisters who are falling from the three brothers and, and now there's two surviving brothers. So what happens? One brother is going to do chalitza first. Once one brother does chalitza first, why? It sounds like Shmuel is saying he can continue to do chalitza to the other two sisters. That doesn't make sense. When the second sister falls, then, then, then Shimon, the other brother who hadn't done chalitza yet, his chalitza would certainly be a better, more superior chazik, uh, 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 chalitza because, because he didn't do chalitza first. So it wouldn't be the sister of someone he did chalitza to. So if Shimon would do it, it would be a better chalitza. So that would be a better one. Chalitza, Ruven, chalitza psula. You're going to say instead that Reuven should give her a bad chalitza. So how could Shmuel say that one brother could do chalitza to all the sisters? We see from Shmuel, from his other case that he discussed, that there's a yisoid that where you could have a better chalitza, don't have a worse chalitza. So in our case, how could you have one brother doing all the chalitzas? Uh, how could you have one brother doing all the chalitzas to all the girls? That doesn't seem to make sense. Once one brother does chalitza to one to one sister, so then the next sister that falls is going to be a chalitza psula for him, whereas for his brother, it wouldn't be. So wouldn't it be better for his other brother to have it? And just to clarify the lumbus of the Gemara, the, the Gemara is a, it's really making a very interesting comparison between different things. Before, we were talking about Rav's opinion. The idea was that since Rav held the Zika, a weak chalitza from one brother can't exempt the other brother. The Gemara is saying, essentially, we can understand that Shmuel disagrees with that. But now that we see from this other case of what Shmuel spoke about, where you have two sisters falling, each with a co-wife, and you do chalitza, if the oven, the chalitza to the, to the sisters, the co-wives are not released, what do we see? That we always want the better form of chalitza. And it would be for a better form of chalitza if it comes from the co-wife than it comes from the sister. And therefore, if it's a weaker chalitza, it's not the most superior chalitza that you could get. It doesn't exempt the co-wife. So the Gemara is assuming that you should have the same thing for brothers, that if I could have a superior chalitza coming from the second brother who hadn't yet done chalitza, that would be better than having the other, the, the same brother did chalitza previously do chalitza to the second sister. And if it wasn't done that way, then the chalitza from, the, from one brother shouldn't exempt the other. So the Gemara, the Gemara first concedes that point. The Gemara says, "My el What does he mean when he says one brother, one brother does chalitza with all of them? Emsa, so just referring to the middle sister, the, the, to the third one. Meaning, of course, after one brother does chalitza with the first sister, he should not be the one to do chalitza to the second sister. And the reason is because the the the, the, the second brother would be a better chalitza, would be more superior because it wouldn't be a chalitza psula. He hadn't yet done chalitza to the sister. But once each of them did chalitza to each sister, and now we have the third sister, so both of them are. God is going to be a chalitza psula. So there's no, there's nothing more superior about one brother than the next. That's what Shmuel meant to say. That in regard to the third sister, that's where we say it doesn't make a difference which brother does it. Rav was saying, since it's a chalitza psula, you need both brothers to do it. Shmuel says, no, chalitza psula doesn't need both brothers. Of course, though, he would concede that for the second sister, the chalitza cannot come from the same brother who already did chalitza because it, there, there's an option of a better chalitza on the table from the second brother. He's only referring to the third sister. 
Says the Mahakulan Kamar, Shmuel said that one can do Chalitza to all of the sisters. How can we say he's only referring to the middle ones? The Mar says, Kiman to Rubikabe, if he would end up doing it to her, he would have done most of the Chalitzas because there's three sisters. So if he does it to one and three, then he did for two of the three. He did for the majority. So therefore, Karole Kula and Shmuel calls that all of them. Whereas the reality is, it's really only for most of them. So according to where we are right now, what are we saying? Shmuel does not hold that a Chalitza Psula you need, he doesn't hold like Rav's opinion that Chalitza Psula has to be done from all the brothers. Really, Chalitza Psula from one could exempt the other brother as well. But if there's a better Chalitza to get, then a weaker Chalitza can't exempt. So that's going to be most relevant to the second sister. Once one brother does Chalitza to one sister, so in regard to the second sister, the Chalitza has to come from the other brother. But once they each the Chalitza, now the third sister, there's Shmuel saying it doesn't make a difference, one can do it. As Rav was saying yesterday, that both have to do Chalitza. Says the Gemara Vibayisema. Actually, Shmuel holds literally one of the brothers can do chalitza to all the sisters. I, we have a kasha that after he did chalitza to one, wouldn't it be better to have the chalitza from the second one? And if it's a superior chalitza, they come from the second one. Then how could the weaker chalitza exempt exempt the other brother? And we prove that. Remember from what case? From Shmuel talking about two sisters falling from two different brothers and they each have their co-wives and Shmuel said if you do chalitza to the sisters it doesn't exempt the co-wives presumably because where you could get a better chalitza a weaker chalitza doesn't exempt the answer is when did Shmuel say this new yesoid that a better chalitza is required that's only true exempting one widow to the next but to exempt her from her zika just the question is does each brother have to do it there as long as one brother does it even if there could have been a better chalitza from another brother Shmuel does not say that the, the better that the, the other brother has to be the one to do the chalitza. So now what we're distinguishing in the second answer is between the issue of one uh, co-wife exempting another co-wife with her chalitza and one brother exempting his brother with, the, with, with, with his chalitza. Normally, it's all like the same. You don't even think about a distinction in the issues, right? If let's say you have uh, two co-wives that are falling and there are two brothers, so just the din is one brother does chalitza to one of the women and one of the widows and, and then that's good. No other brother and no other co-wife has to be involved. The Gemara is saying that this lundus of Shmuel, that we require superior chalitza, the best chalitza we can have, and a weaker chalitza does not exempt the, 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 does not exempt the one who could have done the better chalitza, that's only true when there are two girls and there's two options of who to do it to. So like in the case with, the, with the Achayos and the Tzaros, we say if you, since it would be a better chalitza to the Tzara than to the Achayos, that has to be the way it's done. And if it's done from the Achayos, it won't exempt the Tzara. But if it's a question of between two brothers, there's a, there's a girl here, and there's a question of which brother do the better chalitza, we don't care. There's no distinction which brother does it, and as long as a chalitza comes, it doesn't make a difference where it comes from. As long as a chalitza is done from one brother, it will exempt the other, exempt the other, even though the other brother could have done a better job. So in our case, Shmuel literally means one brother will do chalitza to all of them. Even though the second sister could have had a better chalitza from the second brother, we do not care. In regard to one brother exempting the other, as long as there is a chalitza, then it doesn't make a difference you could have had a better chalitza. So in the second approach from the Gemara, Shmuel is, is saying in the case of the three sisters falling to the surviving two brothers, literally one brother could do chalitza to all of them. So it's a really different approach in the first answer of the Gemara. In the first answer of the Gemara, we do compare the idea of one co-wife to the other co-wife and one brother to the other brother. And regarding the second sister, there's no question in the first approach of the Gemara that the uh, the second brother has to be one to do the chalitza. It's only in regard to the third bro- the third sister, where either way it's going to be chalitza psula, there Shmuel says one brother can do it. In the second approach of the Gemara, no. When we're talking about the exemption from one brother to the next, we just automatically say any chalitza that is done exempts his brother, regardless of whether it would have been a better chalitza from the other uh, one. Just to give a little bit more lumdus here to understand this distinction that we're making between one brother exempting another brother, one co-wife exempting another co-wife, the idea is that one co-wife to another co-wife, they, it's a separate ishas, it's a separate marriage. So the zika, the mechaif, for evil is completely separate. That's why we say that it takes a 
lot more to potter one kohat to the other. It has to be the best chalitza you can get. Masha ain't came one brother to the next. Idea is one brother to the next. It's just there's a collective zika to all of them together. So as long as one did, as long as one did a, a chalitza, we don't care that there could have been a better chalitza from the other brother. It makes no difference. One could potter all of them. Okay, now we're going to go back and discuss this case that Shmuel was talking about. So Gufa, what did we say referring back to the text? Armor Shmuel. Again, you got you got three brothers, two are married to two sisters, and each had another wife. So when the married brothers are dying without children, the two sisters and their co-wives are all falling to the third brother for evil. So what did we say? We said, If the oven chooses to do chalitza with the sisters, that's like a weaker chalitza, and it doesn't, therefore, it doesn't exempt the co-wives. But Saros, Shmuel continues, we learn more here, if he does chalitza instead to the co-wife, Nifti Rachayos, then the Achayos would, in fact, be released. So it seems like we're basically saying the superior chalitza would be to the Tsar, not to the sister. So if the chalitza is done to the, it, 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 to, the, the superior chalitza would be to the co-wife and not the sister. So if the chalitza was done to the sisters, then the co-wives won't be exempt. They could have had a better chalitza themselves. Or if the chalitza is done with the co-wives and the sisters, the, would, would be would be mutter because of that chalitza. Now another case, chalitz habalas haget. Just here is a little bit of an introduction that Mar is throwing us into so many things we're going to learn later in the Masechta. There's a din that if a person gives a get to someone he has zika to, meaning he didn't do yibam chalitza, he'd actually give a get. Which is a little random, but the idea is like Zika is like already you have a relationship and he gives a get. So really the get is ineffective. What is that? Okay, what is that get on a Zika? What is that? But Midrabban and they treated it as a real thing. And they said after you give a get, you're not allowed to do Yibam. It's like the, the action of a get is deciding eventually I'm gonna do Khalitza. So the Zika becomes weaker after a get is given. That's the concept. So Khalitzabat. So let's say you have two tsaras and one of them he gave a get to. And now he's going to do chalitza to her. Chalitza ba'alitza get lunif to her tzara. The tzara is not exempt by the chalitza that was done with the one who received the get. Because her zika is already, is already weaker. So the chalitza that's done is not so strong. So it doesn't have the power to exempt the tzara. But the opposite way around, let tzara, if you did chalitza with, a, with the co-wife who didn't accept the get, so then if the ba'alitza get, the one who received the get would be, would, would be released. So this is the same concept. I have two tzaras. One received the get, one did not. The one who received the get, her zika is weaker. Therefore, the chalitza is deficient. The chalitza that's given to her won't exempt her co-wife. Whereas if I give the, do the chalitza with the co-wife, then the one who received the get would be exempt. Then one more example, and again, we have to know one more introduction. Mimer. Mimer is when you do a kedushin on a Yavama, again, it's totally ineffective by Torah law, um, but once you do a mimer, you're going to do yibam, and if you do chalitza, it's considered a weak chalitza, and the reason is because she's not totally set free after mimer. After mimer, she's still going now to need a get, because a regular kedushin was done, so you have the zika and the kedushin. So you have to, after Mimer is done, you have to do a, you have to do both, if you would want, not want to follow through with Yibam, you'd have to do both Chalitza and a Get. So it's considered a weak Chalitza because it's not fully Mater. So if there's, if you did Mimer to one co-wife, now what, and now he's deciding to do Chalitza. So the Allah, it's Chalitza, Balas, and If the Yavim does Chalitza with the Mimer, the Mimer woman, so the co-wife is not, is not, is not free to go. What's the pshat? Because the the chalitza of the balas ha'maimer was a weak one, so it's not going to exempt the tzara. Whereas the other way around, the tzara, and if the balas ha'maimer did chalitza with the co-wife, then the balas ha'maimer would, in fact, be free to go. All right, so now we're going to analyze. We're going to start with the first case, where the two sisters and their co-wives are falling. So we're saying the chalitza with the sisters is a weaker chalitza than the chalitza with the co-wives. However, the Gemara doesn't understand that concept. Why is it that when the Yavon does chalitza with the sisters, the co-wives are not, are not exempt? The pshat is, it's a shvacha chalitza. Through the zika, it's like your wife's, your wife's sister, because through the zika, it's considered like, you know, like it's like a, 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 a somewhat of a relationship. So the sister is 
um, so the sitter is like an achosisha. So it's not, they're not, they can't be taken for yibum. So if they can't be taken for yibum, so the chalitza is not such a good chalitza. It's like achosisha. So since it's not, so, mid rabbanon, of course. So since it's not such a good, it's such a good chalitza, the chalitza is not going to exempt the kohath. But for Ekti Gemara, the other way around as well, chalas tsaras nami. If he does chalitza with the kohath as well, lo it shouldn't exempt the sisters. Davil tsaras achosisha bezika. In as much that the sisters, each sister is a tsaras of his achosukukaso, so then it's the tsar of achosukukaso. We know that whenever you have an erva, what does she do to the tsar? She asks the erva, the, the tsar as well. So when you have a white sister through Zika, so that too is life, what does that accomplish? That the tsara as well is considered eight tsaras achosisha. She's also someone who's ineligible for Yibo. So her chalitza is also weak. The big, big kids are what the Gemara is asking is that there's no difference between the chalitza being done on the sister or the chalitza being done on the co-wife. Both are not, don't have the option of Yibo on the table. They're both erva. The, 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 the sisters themselves are, are the achosisha bezika and the tsaras are the tsaras achosisha bezika. And the Gemara initially doesn't see any difference between whether you're the erva or the tsaras erva. Either way, you're ineligible for Yibam. So the chalitza on the koas is not any better of a chalitza than the chalitza on the sister. So if you're going to say that the chalitza on one sister doesn't exempt the koas, Elamai, what are you saying? You're saying a weak chalitza because it's the chalitza psula, then it can't exempt the other one, even though the other one would be psula as well, but just chalitza from one possible one can't exempt the other possible one. So if that's the way we're rolling, so then the Gemara is saying, so then the other way around as well, chalitza with the co-wife shouldn't, uh, shouldn't, shouldn't, help, shouldn't help out to exempt the sister as well. In other words, there's no distinction between, between the sisters and the co-wives. Both of them are ineligible for even. Both of them are chalitza psula. So if I do with one, there's no way that it should help for it to exempt the other. It, and as much that you tell me the din, chalas achalas, and if you're tzaros, so chalas tzaros, it should, it should be no better to pater the sisters. So the Gemara says, Gashmuho, Savar Shmuel, and Zika. Shmuel holds there's no Zika. So meaning what? It's not really like a white sister. So the co-wives aren't in a Tzara's Arifa. Now, the, 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 the sisters themselves obviously cannot do Yibam still because of Bittul Mitzvah's Yibam. We suggested that. We discussed that. It's going to make one the Arifa. So they can't do Yibam. But, but there's no din that they're an erva to Yibam. It's not, it's not achosisha, it's not like achosisha because Shmuel is ain't zika. Therefore, they, it would be a better chalitza when on the co-wife than on the sisters. Says the Gemara, Shmuel yesh zika. But we know that Shmuel said way back on Dafil Chesi yesh zika. Shmuel said the opinion yesh zika. So it's not going to work consistent with his view. Says the Gemara, the divri omer in zika kamar. When Shmuel is saying this halacha, he only means if you would hold in zika. You're right. Shmuel personally holds yesh zika. So then, um, there's nothing better about the chalitza with the kohas and the chalitza with the sisters. Shmuel's means if you hold in zika, then it would be better to do chalitza with the kohas and with the sisters. Okay, says the Gemara Yihachi, even if we're going like this, Shmuel goes in Zika. So therefore, the Chalitza with the, with the co-wife is better than a Chalitza with the sister. But says the Gemara, then what about the other way? What's wrong with the Chalitza of the sisters? There's nothing really essentially wrong with it. Wrong with it. You, can't marry, you can't do Yibam just because it would be Mitzvah's Yibam. But if you hold in Zika, then the Chalitza with the sisters is really a good Chalitza, even though practically you don't, we don't want them doing Yibam because of Mitzvah's Yibam. That's just like a practical consideration. They're not in ervaliibum if you hold in zika. So therefore, there's nothing weak about it. There's nothing deficient about the chalitza. Very interesting one. This is nothing deficient about the chalitza of the sisters if you hold in zika. So why should we say that the koas are not are not are not free? The only reason to say is because it's a chalitza psula, but it's not a chalitza psula. If you hold in zika, it's just practically. We don't want them to do yibum because of bittumat is yibum. Then it seems like the gemara does not hold that that should be called a chalitza psula. Now the gemara qualifies. Bishlam Atzar de Rachel. 
Lo Tifter. Now, when we say Rachel here, we mean the second sister. We're going to call Leah the first sister. The Gemara is calling Leah the first sister of Gachalitza, and Rachel is going to be the second sister. So, Mishnah Lansar, the Rachel Lo Tifter. It's understandable why Rachel's co wife is not released when Rachel does Gachalitza. The second sister, Rachel, her co wife shouldn't be released. That we can understand because Kim the Chalitza Leah, since the Yavim first did Chalitza to Leah, the first sister, Rachel Chalitza Rachel, and now he does Chalitza with Rachel. So, Rachel's Chalitza is Chalitza Psula. Have a Chalitza to Rachel, Chalitza Psula. Rachel's Chalitza is a bad one. Why? Because the Halacha is, and this is important, we have to know this, we're coming up from later on in Daphne you cannot marry the relatives of a chalutza. Once you do chalutza to somebody, you can't marry her sister. So once he did chalutza to the first sister, Leah, so now Rachel is someone he can't take in marriage. Even though ain't Zika, nothing to do with the Zika consideration. It's time. You can't marry uh, the relatives of a chalutza. So, 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 so now what's going to be? Rachel's chalutza is a chalutza psula. So we can understand why the chalutza to Rachel won't exempt her co-wife. That part we can understand. Elitzar to Leah Tipater. Leah's co wife should be released. Leah was good. There's no Zika. Leah was bad, so I'm eligible for Yibam. She's just out. We don't want her to do it, but she's eligible for Yibam. The Chalitza is a good, ideal, superior Chalitza. So why is Leah's co wife not exempt? Says the Gemara, my of Tirtar is not the Gemara. You're right. What does Shmuel mean when he said the co wives are not released? We thought it means both co wives. No, that's the Rachel. Really, it only means the Rachel's co wife. The second one is the co wife. So if the Yavin did Chalitza with the sisters, first Leah and then Rachel, Rachel's co wife wouldn't be released. But in Mechanami, Leah's co wife would be. Says the Mahatsar Rose Gamar, didn't Shmuel say co wives in the plural? Plural seems to indicate that even Leah's co wife is not released. Says the Mahatsar Rose he just means co wives in general, in any type of scenario where that would happen. Whenever two sisters with co wives would fall, this, this didn't would apply that Chalitza with the sisters wouldn't re- release the co-wife of the second one. But in the Hanami, always the co-wife of the first one is fine. Okay, so we're coming out. Um, Shmuel holds Ein Zika. Uh, he's saying this for the opinion of Ein Zika. And it, since we hold Ein Zika, the Chalitza for the, for, the, for the co-wives is a good superior one. The Chalitza for the sisters, the second sister is a Chalitza Psula. The Chalitza for the first one is not. So, so the Allah, what Shmuel meant to say is that the Chalitza of the second one, we're calling her Rachel, would not exempt her co-wife. So now says the Gemara, but what about the other part now? Ihachi, what is he saying when he says co-wives? He's talking about Rachel's co-wives specifically, that when he says the co-wives wasn't potter, he means the second one's co-wives. So what did he say? He says if you do chalitza with the co-wives, the sisters are exempt. So what would that mean if instead of, so first I did chalitza with Leah, or, or, or a chalitza with Leah's co-wife, and now I, let's say it that way, I do chalitza with, with Leah's co-wife and Rachel's co-wife, and then we're saying, okay, that would exempt Leah and Rachel. The question is, is that really true? Atzar is Rachel Miftarah. Would Rachel be released from her zika if the chalitza was done with Rachel's co-wife? Atna, and so we introduce a new din. We haven't seen this yet. This is a mission later on at Dafmem. Asr Adam Bitsaras, Bitsaras, Krevas Chalitza. So it's Asr to take the co-wife, the tzara, of a relative of a chalitza. This is an interesting halacha here. So if you have a, 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 a chalitza, you do a chalitza, you're also to that, that woman's relatives. We can understand that. But we're saying not only you're also to their relatives, you're also to their co-wives as well. So if you have a Leah and a Rachel who are sisters and you do chalitza, chalitza to Leah, not only are you also to Rachel, you're also also to Rachel's co-wife. And the reason why so there should be such a halacha is that the Gemara explains later, sometimes, you know, sisters go together to court. So when, 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 when a man does chalitza to Leah, really Rachel was present, her sister was present as well. So people might get mistaken, and confused about what's going on. They might think that actually the chalitza was really being done with Rachel. And if in the future, the Yavim would marry Rachel's co-wife, they're going to be like, oh, wait a second, the halacha is after there's two women and you do chalitza to one, then her co-wife, her co-wife it can be taken in, in Yibam. They're going to assume that after you chalitza to one, you do even to the other, which is totally wrong. And the whole thing is confusion. They just don't know which sister did chalitza. But I'll call upon him because of that concern, which we'll see later on at Daphne Malav, the din is not only can you not marry the relatives of your chalitza, you can't marry their co-wives as well. So in this case, what happened? As soon as the oven does a chalitza, 
does a chalitza with Leah. What happens after the oven does a chalitza with Leah? It's also to marry Rachel and Rachel's co-wife. You can't marry either one. So if we're explaining that the whole point of Shmuel's statement is on the second one, on the Rachel, because really, again, on the first one, as we said, it doesn't make a difference. You know, both of them are good. So even if you would do chalitza to Leah, it's not a chalitza psula, it would exempt the co-wife. So when Shmuel was talking about it, he was talking about Rachel and her co-wife. So what did he say? If I do chalitza to Rachel, it doesn't exempt the co-wife because it's chalitza psula. But it sounds like that if I did chalitza to the tsar of Rachel, it's good. Rachel would be niftar. But the, the chalitza to the co-wife of, of Rachel is also not a good chalitza because he's just as awesome on Rachel's co-wife as he is on Rachel. The reason he's also to Rachel is because it's the relative of the one he did chalitza to. But the co-wife of someone of a relative that you of someone you did chalitza to is also forbidden. So there's no difference between Rachel and Rachel's co-wife. So the Gemara has to change what Shmuel meant. Shmuel nami hisko v'lo hisko kamar. Shmuel didn't mean. We told now we were thinking just until the staff he did chalitza to Leah, and now we want to know. What's going to happen if he's going to do chalitza to, to Rachel or her co-wife? If he did, we thought he was saying if I did chalitza to Rachel, the co-wife is not exempt. But if he did chalitza to the co-wife, Rachel is exempt. We get stuck because both Rachel and the co-wife are forbidden. They're both equally chalitza psula. So now we switch what the meaning was. He started with one or not started with them. What does that mean? We explain. If you start a chalitza with one of the sisters, first you did chalitza to Leah. So if you first do chalitza to Leah. So now Rachel and the co-wife are both also, they're both equally chalitza psula. He cannot complete by doing chalitza to the co-wife, meaning it's not going to help. It's not going to make a difference if he does chalitza with Rachel or Rachel's co-wife. They're both chalitza psula. He's going to have to do chalitza to both of them. It's not as we see in the mission that we quoted before. Because once you do chalitza, you're also to the relatives and the co wife of the relatives. So you can't take Rachel and you can't take Rachel's co wife. So you're going to have to do chalitza to both Rachel and her co wife. Whereas his chalitzaras, let's say you started with the tzaras instead, you didn't go to Leah first. You went to Leah's co wife. You did chalitza with the co wife. In that case, you could finish, you could do chalitza even with Rachel herself because both Rachel and the co wife, both of them are, he's totally mutter to. Again, we're going in Zika. There's no iser. You're mutter to take the relative of the, of the chalitza's co wife. So here, where I did, I did chalitza with Leah. So, so with Leah's with Leia's co-wife, so, so, so the relatives of Leah are totally mutter. So Rachel is totally mutter to him. And the reason is because we, Leah wasn't even in court. Right? We have sisters go support each other in court. Co-wives don't go support each other in court. So when he did Chalitza with the co-wife of Leah, Leah was not probably not present in court. No one was mistaken who he did Chalitza with. Therefore, he is mutter to marry Rachel or marry Rachel's co-wife. So it's not considered a Chalitza psula at all. And um, the chali- and it would be fine if the chalitza with either Rachel or the co-wife, everything would be fine. So it's very confusing. After all said, this is the conclusion of what Shmuel meant. Let's just make a summary of what we we're saying. First of all, Shmuel is going like 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 the Mandamar in Zika. So there's no zero achos of achos kukaso here. So when Shmuel was saying, if the oven did chalitza with the sisters, the co-wives are not released. He meant if you start a chalitza with Leah, then when you get to to the Rachel, either Rachel or a co-wife are going to need the both chalitza because he's also on both because the one is the sister of his chalitza, one is the co-wife of the sister of chalitza, both are also and he's going to have to chalitza on both. Whereas if you'd start with the co-wives, if you'd start with the chalitza, uh, by doing the co-wife of Leah, then uh, uh, the chalitza that he would do either to Rachel or to, or to the co-wife would exempt one or the other. That's our first understanding of Shmuel. Rav Ashi, Amar, Lodom, Amit, really it's the way we understood all the way beginning. Rav Ashi is going back to our original understanding of Shmuel. What was the original stand, understanding? You had two sisters falling um, and from, from two different brothers, and, and they're falling now to their one surviving brother. They both are falling with a tsar. The original statement from Shmuel was that if you do chalitza to, do, to, 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 to the sisters, it does 
not exempt the tzaras, whereas if you do chalitza to the tzaras, it exempts the sisters. So we didn't understand what's the difference because we thought shmuel hoti yeshika. So, so both the, the sisters are like ervadik, they're like wife sisters, and the tzaras are tzaras erva. So what's the distinction? All the chalitza psula, either way, what's the difference who I do it to? That was our problem. So the Gemara explains, the zika is not strong enough to make the co-wife exactly equal to the erva. What we're saying is, even though the sisters are, are, are ervas, they will talk to us or the co-wives, but the co-wives are not as forbidden as the, as the sisters themselves. A very interesting concept. That's like, you know, the erva is worse. She's more tainted. She's more deficient than the co-wife that she answers. Yes, the co-wife is answered from the erva. Of course, she's answered, but it's not as bad. So therefore, the chalitza that is done to the sisters is more of a deficient chalitza than the chalitza that is done to the co-wives. Even though the co-wives also can't be taking the yibum, they're ineligible for yibum. But the deficiency, the deficiency in the sisters is greater than the deficiency in the co-wives. So therefore, the chalitza that's done to the co-wives is a better chalitza that would exempt the sisters. Whereas the chalitza that's done to the sisters is not as good and therefore, it would not exempt the Kohai. Says the Gemara, Tanakh of Asadi Ravashi, we see in a Brysa like Ravashi. The Brysa is talking mamish about this case. Two sisters and the Kohai are falling to a person. So what do we say? If the Yavam does Chalitza with the sisters, we're going to say that the Kohai are not are not free to go. And the Diak is, Halitzar, if they're Achalitzar, Mamish, like Shmuel said, that if it's Mashma, if you did Chalitzar with the Kohais, the sisters are released. Must be. My Mamish, the Lumdis, the Lumdis, what we're saying here. My time, we hold the Zika, but the Zika isn't strong enough to make Mamish as equal to the Erva. The, 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 the Erva is going to ask, the sisters are going to ask for the Kohais, but not with the same exact strength. And since it's not with the same strength, the chalitza done in the kohis would be better than the chalitza done with the sisters. So the Gemara says it's not necessarily proof from here. Amar Rabbi Ramel Hamani Bishami he did not Bishami material in Saras Lach. Remember back in Daf Gimel we learned Bishami doesn't hold of the din of Saras Erva at all. So since Bishami is matter Saras Erva even under Daraisa Erva, certainly the kohif of an Elsa Dika Erva is mutter in Yibam. So there obviously according to Bishami the kohif of Achos Yukukos was mamish mutter in Yibam. That's why it's more of an ideal chalitza. It's not a proof to us that we're Ravashi's lumdas that even if there is a din that the Saras Erva but it's is also, but that it's not as bad as the sister. We don't have a proof from this price. Says the Gemara Yachi, if you want to save deflecting the proof that we're going to Bishama, she could even do Yibum. Why is the price discussing only doing Chalitza to the co wife? The implication is that Yibum is not an option on the table. If you're going to Bishama, you could even do Yibum. Says the Gemara Rabbi it's going to Bishama, and Nuri's Takana Dama. Remember, we learned this back on Deftid Dalit that he was trying to resolve that both Bishama and Bissil should be on the same page because, well, we're going to have Tsaras, Erva, Mutter, and Bishama, and Osir and Bissil could create problems. So Rabbi Yochum and Nuri wanted to make Let's institute for all co-wives of Arias. They should all require chalitza and not be taken in yibum, and therefore both beisham and beisil will be okay with it. So practically, we're not going to let the co-wife do yibum. That's why we're going like that takana. That's why we're talking about chalitza, but the chalitza of the of the co-wife clearly is a, a superior chalitza according to beisham. Says the Gemara, but that takana was never passed. Amar Mar, was speaking because of Darvashon Show. What did we say? Even though Rabbi and Nuri wanted to propose that, but it didn't pass. Right? They didn't have time to do it. Maybe in the moment they didn't have they didn't have time, but afterwards they came back and they were in fact misakin it. All right. So now the Gemara has reached a conclusion in Shmuel's ruling. We're good. And now, but we've introduced all these new wild concepts of a chalitza psula. A deficient chalitza and how we always want the best chalitza uh, to, 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 to be done to exempt the co-wife so we along the way we learned an, a concept that once I give a get to the zika it's a deficient chalitza again giving a get to a zika is a din to but the halacha is after you give get you're not supposed to do yibam and the chalitza therefore is a weaker chalitza and we discuss after mimer also the chalitza is weaker after you do mimer kadushin with rabbanan on, on a zika so it's the the the, the, the 
the zika the, the zika now it's like closer to doing yibum. So if you do if you want to if you want to opt out and go for a chalitza, it's actually a weak chalitza because the chalitza alone can't do it. You're going to need to get as well for the kedushin. Those were two concepts that we introduced. So now the gemara says Let's say you have a choice of either doing chalitza with someone who got a get or chalitza with someone who did a mimer. Meaning the, the brother the, the the brother died childless. You have two widows who are falling. And now you did mimer to one and you did get to the other. So now you're trying to choose. And now you want to back out. You want to do chalitza. You're trying to choose and decide which one should I do chalitza to. So both of them are weak chalitza, but it's an apple and an orange. Ezo and Kodemus, which one is present? Should we do chalitza to the balas I get or to the balas mimer? Both of them are chalitza psula. The balas get us chalitza psula because her wizika has already been weakened. The balas mimer chalitza psula because the chalitza alone can't be moderate. Which one is a greater deficiency? So now I have to decide. Balas I get a deep Maybe I should just give the chalitza to the balas I get. Mishum chalitza. I already started with the process of freeing her, of divorcing her. The get didn't do it fully. Obviously, it's only drabana, you need chalitza. But the get began the process. If the get began the process, let's continue and do the chalitza to her. Oh, the balas mimer, even the Maybe the balas mimer is at precedence because she was closer to Bia. That was the whole point. So therefore, the Chalitza is a stronger Chalitza. Chalitza has more to be mater. Fascinating irony that the closer you are, the stronger the Chalitza is. So maybe better to start with her. Again, the point here is that both of them, whichever one we're going to choose, irrespective, is definitely going to be a Chalitza Psula because of the weaknesses in the chalitza, either because you can't do yibam in the balas agat's case, or because you still need to get in the balas mimer's case. But the question is just now, practically, which one should we choose? Should we choose the balas agat because I started with the divorce process, or choose the balas mimer because the, the zika is stronger because it's closer to bia? So Amar Vashi agrees that there's a get. Sheish get Let's say I give a get uh, after a mimer to one. Uh, to, to one girl, then there's a, if I do give a get to another girl, it takes effect. Maimer achar get, and Maimer is after a get. So let's understand what's the pshat in this. E get adif, if a get is superior to Maimer, lolani Maimer basre, the Maimer shouldn't be effective after it. If you Maimer adif and a Maimer is superior to a get, lolani get a basre, and a get shouldn't be effective after it. Meaning, both get and Maimer are drop on it. So if either one had a greater impact in the, on the Zika, then Ramagamliel should hold that it's uh, that it's ineffective when it's given after the stronger one. And the stronger one wouldn't leave enough of the Zika for the other one to take effect. In other words, let's say Maimer is a stronger thing. So in a Maimer and a Yavama should weaken the Zika so much that the get afterwards should be a meaningless thing. And if the opposite, if the get is stronger, then get with one Yavama Yavama should weaken the Zika so much that a Maimer shouldn't take effect. Ramagamliel is still saying over here that no, it's not like that. That, 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 that after you give a get, to one, a mimer is still a place for mimer to the other. If you give a mimer to one, there's still a get from the other. A lavish from an then you get a mimer treated equally. And that's why we say that if you give a get to one, there's still a place for mimer on the other. If you give a mimer to one, there's still a place for get to the other. So what do we see? General concepts, we see that they're equal. And if they're equal, it does not going to make a difference. If you choose to chalitza, which one you want to do, what to do to, we don't have a specific consideration. Shmamina, we don't specifically uh, care. Just to understand this just a little bit better, right? Because Leo's opinion is that in get, after get, like if you if you give a get to one woman and then you give a get to, to the other woman, it's taka has no effect because whatever the get did to the zika, it already did to the zika. Like, it's already done. Like, and the same thing in if you do mimer to one, then the mimer on the other one as well as no, is ineffective. That's Rabbi Gamliel's opinion. And yet Rabbi Gamliel is saying that there's get, mimer, mimer, get. So it must be that there's an apple and an orange between get and mimer. We don't say that the zika has been so destroyed or changed radically from one or the other. There's just an apple and an orange working on the zika. And that's why there's a place after you do after you do one to do the other as well. So so now we're saying in this case, if you're choosing, you're trying to choose which one should you, you should do chalitza to, either one is acceptable. The Mar says, Shmami, no, we accept that from here. All right, now the Kamar moves to a new point. Amar Puna Marav. Rafuna says the name of Rav Sheikh, two sisters who are 
sisters-in-law, right? Meaning the case is two brothers married two sisters. We were very familiar with this case. We brought two brothers marrying two sisters. And then both husbands die. That was the Mishnah. We discussed Namad Aleph. And now they're falling. So what's the din? So we were keep on saying that you're not supposed to do Yibam, right? You're not supposed to do Yibam. If you hold the Yishika, it's a wife's sister. If you hold the Yishika, it's Bittom, it's Yibam. So certainly Yibam is not supposed to be done. So now what happened? He do Chalitza. So Chalitza Rishon Hotra, he did Chalitza with his sister who was widowed first. So she's mother. Chalitza Shniya Hotra, if he did Chalitza with the one who was widowed second, she's also, she's also free to go. Mesa Harishona, but what happens if the one who was widowed first dies? So now that she dies, I only have the second widow. Mutter He could even do Yibam. It's even mutter for him to do Yibam to the second one. Because now that the first sister is out of the, the first sister is out of the picture, so the Ereva status in the second one goes away and there's no Bitlamitz Yibam, everything's fine. The Mesa And not if that case is true, then certainly it goes, it's unnecessary to say that if the second widow died, then you could take the first one. Why is that unnecessary? Why is that more of a chiddish? Why is that less of a chiddish? Because the one widowed first was Yivama, who was first mutter, then became Asr, then became mutter again. So, so once she becomes mutter again, it makes more sense for her to be mutter. So what we're being introduced to is some interesting concepts. Let's try to make sure we have a couple concepts here. Generally, there's a law called Nesra. We're going to learn Nesra coming up on Daphlamid. We'll learn the Sugis really where they're supposed to be. But we just have to know the general idea for here. The general idea of Nesra is that if at the time of the Nefila, at the time now, the deceased passing away, the woman is an erva, even if subsequently her erva status goes away. Like, let's say she was a wife's sister at the time of the death of the deceased, but then she loses that status. Um, she loses that status. Is Yibam done? So we say, no, there's a halach of Nasra that Yibam is not, is not done. But let's say a woman was mutter at the time of her nefila. Then before Yibam was done, she became Asr. Then now there's a reason for her to become mutter again. We'll assume she's mutter. Nasra is not going to be if it's not at the time of the nefila. So that's the point that we're making here. Here we have two sisters. We have two sisters falling from two different brothers. So it's again, we're not dealing with an Erva Daraisa. Even if you hold the Ezekiel, all we're dealing with is, a, is an Erva Darabanan maybe. Of Achos Zukukasa, that since you're Zakuk to both, so it's a din of Achos Zukukasa, sister of someone you have Zika to, it's like Achos Isha. So we're saying it's like they're becoming Erva. So the first one, the first, the first, the, first, the girl was widowed first. She was Mutter Mamish Bishasar Nafila at the time that her husband died. When the second brother dies, what does that make? Now she's becoming Asr. Now she's becoming Midrabanan like an Achos Isha. So if the second one dies, so it goes without saying that the first one now could be taken in Yibam because she was Mother Bishas Nefila. I, she became Nesra. It's Nesra after the Nefila. So Nesra after the Nefila. So now when that reason to be Asr goes away, the second widow died, the first widow will be allowed to do Yibam. That goes without saying. The Chiddush of Rav is that even if the first widow dies, that the second widow can do Yibam. And that's a much bigger Chiddush because the second widow at the time of her Nefila, at the time that her husband died, she was Asr right away because the, the Zika was already there from the first sister, so at the time she was an Erva Madurabana. But we're still saying, Rav's opinion is, is that we don't say the Din of Nasra. That's what it seems like. So again, what Rav is saying here, the Chidushim that Rav's bringing out, two sisters falling together from two different brothers, so we're saying they shouldn't be taken. But if one dies, then it's Mutter to take either one in Yibam. Rabbi Yochanan Omar, no, Taka, we distinguish between the order. If the second widow dies, then the Yavam is Mutter to take the first widow because she was Mutter Bishas Nefila. If the first widow dies, it's also to take the second widow, my time off, because of Nasra. If at the time of the Nefila, at the time she initially falls to Yibam, I can't do Yibam. Her education is actually Yishabam, and then she's forever like the wife or brother who has children. You don't do Yibam, she's also to the Yibam forever. So even though, even though 
the 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 what the 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 the, the, first, the first sister ended up dying. The second sister is also forever. Alts the din of Nesra. Says the Gemara. How does Rav disagree with Rabbi Yochanan? Rav less as far. Rav, well, Rav doesn't hold the din of Nesra. Rav himself is the one who says it. Coming up on Daf Lamed. Rav says. Any case where I can't apply at the time of the nefila to Yibum, she's like the wife or brother who has children. She's also to the Yavim forever. So there is a den of Nasser. Nasser is something that everybody agrees to. So if Nasser is something that everybody agrees to, how could Rav be disagreeing with it? When is there a den of Nasser with the Arabs? Like, let's say. The Yavama is falling to a Yavam who was actually literally married to her sister, Mamash also Mitaraisa. Then we say, even if the wife subsequently dies and Achazisha goes away, but she's still Asr forever. That's a din of Nasr. The whole din of the two, the two sisters here, why we don't want them to marry. The whole thing is just a din of Rabbanan. And the whole reason it's a Rabbanan is because we say Zika is like a wife sister. So since it's only Arab and Rabbanan, we don't say the din of Nasr. We're more Makal. If it's a wife sister now, the Zika is here, okay, we won't let them do Yibam. Mitaraban. But if one of them dies, and then the other one is allowed to give him. So the kids are the machlokas Rav and Rabbi Yochanan is if we say Nasra on Ervad Rabbanan. That's the machlokas between Rav and Rabbi Yochanan. But um, even Rabbi Yochanan who says that we say Nasra on Ervad Rabbanan, he would agree that if it wasn't Nasra Bishas Nafila, then we're not going to say the Nasra. So it's only the only case that's also in Rabbi Yochanan is where the first widow dies, the second widow still remains Asr because she was Nasra Bishas Nafila. Says the Gemara Kasha, it's Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yochum, Rabbi Yochum, we have a Kasha and Rabbi Yochum from our Mishnah. What did the Mishnah say? Rabbach, four brothers, two are married to two sisters. And based on the Mishnah, the two married to the two sisters die. So the two widow's sisters are falling to Yibam to the two brothers. So what did the Mishnah say? Both sisters, they need Chalitza, both sisters cannot do Yibam. Correct the Gemara, let's figure this out. One of the brothers should go and do Chalitza first to the second widow. So once the second widow gets a Chalitza, to have a so what should the first widow be? The first widow should be like a Yavama who is Hutra, then Nasra, she should go back to becoming mother. Why? Because let's analyze. The first sister who fell, the first sister who fell, the Shas Nefila, she was mother. There was no, she was, her other sister didn't have Zika, then her, she, her, her other sister was still married. So she was originally mother. Then the second widow came along with her Zika and she asked the first one as well. So the Nasra came Acher Nefila. Now if I'm going to do Chalitza to the second sister first, if I go to the second sister and do Chalitza first, so now clap, go back to the first sister. She should go back to being in her mother's state. So the Gemara is asking this Kasha on Rabbi Yochanan and the truth is it's even more of a Kasha that we showed him say according to Rav. Why? Because according to Rav there's no din of Nesra at all. Forget about even if it was Nesra B'Shastafila but even in Rabbi Yochanan it's a Kasha because even Rabbi Yochanan was saying that even though there's Nesra B'Shastafila but Nesra L'Achanafila is not a problem. So basically what we're saying is when I have the two sisters and I did and 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 and, and why, don't, why is the Mishnah saying do Chalitza to both? Why can't one brother do Chalitza to the second one and the other brother should do Yibam to the first one? That's the Kasha of the Gemara. So the Gemara says, You're right. The, the din of the Mishnah with the two sisters, I don't know who taught this din of the Mishnah. I don't know who the Tana is who taught this din of the Mishnah that... Um, that, that both sisters need Chalitza. I can't figure out who taught this mission. That something is wrong with the text. There's no real good reason here why after Chalitza is done with sister number two, then sister number one cannot have Yibam. So 
Rabbi Yochanan couldn't answer the question. So the Mar says, what was so hard? Why don't we say, when the Mishnah said, it actually means only one of the sisters. The second one is Rokhaya's Chalitza, and the first one could have Hebam. Maybe the Mishnah means only that the second sister needs. Says the Mar, we can't say that. The Mishnah says, they require Chalitza, in the plural. Says the Mar, means in general, whenever this case comes up, they any 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 case where this would come up where two sisters fall, the second one would require Chalitza, any time. But in Chanami, the first one could always do Hebam. Says the Mahari, the language of the Mishnah was these sisters require chalitza clearly it means these in this specific case in the plural both sisters require chalitza says the Gemara Valema the Chalitza Rishon Barisha why don't we just say that the case was where they didn't think of this chap and they did chalitza to the first one initially so then the second widow cannot be taken in Yibam because she was Nasra Bishasra and Afila. So why don't we just say in Akhanami, if you did Khalid to the second one, all would be good. You could do even to the second one, to the first one that fell. But the case was you did Khalid to the first sister first. That's the Gamar Khosa the Khatilatani. The Mishnah is telling you what you should do. So if the Mishnah is telling you what you should do, so we don't have any good reason to say why don't we just do Khalidza to the second one. The Mishnah should have presented that as an as as an option. Says the Gemara Valimale, why didn't Rabbi Yochum respond? That really that's should be good, but Xera it's a decree. Dilma called him a Khalid. Maybe the brother will do Chalitza with the first widow first, and then the other brother will want to do Yibum with the second one, and that would have been Nasser B'Shaz Nefila. So to preclude that possibility, they made Xer and they said, even if you do Chalitza to the second one first, you can't do Yibum to the first one. Even though Vazim Shmi Mother did Yibum to the first one after the, after the second one gets Chalitza because it was Hutra B'Shaz Nefila, but Xer, you might do it the other way. So maybe that's why we don't let. Says The language of the mission is they cannot be taken. Delika didn't even clout, but the Etzim even is not applicable. Meaning, even if it occurs that the second sister got Chalitza right away, it's like it's mashma, there cannot be yibum, and the way we're saying it, really, there could have been yibum. Really, the way there could have, there, there there could have been yibum. So basically, we're we're getting stuck here. We're trying to understand why the Mishnah had said you do chalitza to the girl number. Uh, why did the Mishnah said both girls do chalitza? Why don't we just say do chalitza the girl number two and number girl number one should then be permitted in yibum? Because the reason why she was hutcher b'shasar nefila, and only afterwards she became also when the second sister fell, she should go back to her first hatter after the second one gets chalitza. We'll stop here. The Gemara will try again tomorrow how to answer this question from the Mishnah.